My name is John David Booter. I'm not a podcaster. I'm a filmmaker. I've never made a podcast. But I've also never made a film. And in the weeks leading up to the eighth and final episode of my podcast, Done Disappeared, with me, John David Booter, I was becoming more discouraged by the minute. A week earlier, I had organized a beautiful candlelit pizza party light show vigil extravaganza, which was a massive crowd-pleasing success. However, when the show ended and the mountains of pizza had turned to crumbs, I found myself once again alone, asking myself questions to which I still didn't have the answers. Questions that it seemed nobody could answer, even when plied with borscht. The time to solve this case was now or never, and I had to act fast. My libel suit against Nancy Grace was somehow thrown out by a judge, and she was not letting up. Bombshell tonight. John David Booter and his podcast continuing to make national headlines. What does he know? And why doesn't he tell us? Unleash the lawyer Susan Moss way in. Well, Nancy, you know what they say. If his last name is Buddha, he's probably going to shoot her. <laughs> if his first name's John, the lady's surely gone. <laughs> Hilarious, Susan. If a woman is a realtor, <laughs> then somebody probably stealed her. <laughs> Susan Moss, are you some kind of modern-day mother goose? Thank you, Nancy. I love you. See you at home. Next up, we're talking about a burnt-up torso found in a community pool in Alabama. But first, let's take a look at some photos of my twin miracles munching on a turkey leg together like their Lady in the Tramp at Renaissance Fair last weekend. How amazing are they? Nancy's nonstop coverage was hard to watch, and I had already pushed myself further than I could have ever imagined. I had sworn to myself when I began this endeavor that I would never allow this podcast to conclude with an ambiguous, unresolved ending, an unfortunate phenomenon in the podcast community commonly referred to as a serial killer. I had also promised myself that my podcast would consist of a concise eight episodes, and I knew that to deliver a satisfying conclusion, I had to pull out all the stops and execute an experiment much more dangerous and much more grander than I had ever attempted. I would have to become more than a podcaster. I would have to become more than a filmmaker. And I would have to become more than me, John David Booter. To solve this case, I would have to become Clara Pockets. From my mother June's basement in Davistown, Pennsylvania, this is the finale of Done Disappeared with me, John David Booter. In order to become Clara Pockets, I devised an elaborate plan. I would drive to the Davistown Piggly Wiggly and retrace Clara's steps, timing out exactly how long it took Clara to walk from the parking lot to the bakery, order that cake, and leave. I would use my giant body as a vessel and let Clara Pocket's spirit guide me. Studies had shown that if I was able to truly transform, to truly become Clara Pocket's inside and out, when I left that parking lot, my consciousness would meld with hers and I would naturally continue 
retracing her steps. And the very last step would lead me to Clara. But before I began my transformation, I needed to be fully equipped with as much information as possible. If I was going to recreate Clara's last known errand, I needed to know exactly what she ordered at that Piggly Wiggly on that fateful day. And I needed to know why. And the only person who could truly give me clarity was Gert Roberts. Hello, Hello Gert. This is John David Booter. Um, I have a few more questions for you. I'm sorry. What's uh, all this about? This is, this is John David Booter. This is about Clara Pockets. Gert. Clara Pockets? Well, ain't that that woman while back done disappeared? That's right. You you previously oh, spoke sure. to me. I remember that woman. She was a real sweet lady. She came on up to the counter, ordered her a birthday cake. Exactly. And I have to be honest, Gert, the last time we spoke, I felt like there was something you weren't telling us. Is there anything else you remember? Sure. Well, what I'd done was I'd, I'd heated the oven up to 300 degrees Fahrenheit, and then I went ahead, right ahead and... Without hesitation, I right, greased right. up that and then you mix in the flour and uh, yeah, and the yep. sugar uh-huh. and so on and so butter. forth, and then it it sprung to the touch. Yes, and and at that time I didn't know that it was done. Right. Um. And what about after that? Is there anything else you can tell us? Oh, well, sure. What happened next was uh, real interesting, and I probably I, I probably won't hardly ever forget it. Wow. Okay. Well, what is it? Well, after I baked the cake, mm-hmm. what I did was I went on into the pantry okay. and got me a cake stand. Huh. And then I went ahead and dabbed a couple of tablespoons of frosting on the stand. That was to prevent the cake from sliding. Understood. Oh, and just a tip. Yep. Cool your cake layers upside down to help flatten them out, which will make your final cakes much prettier and easier to assemble. Got it. Then, using an offset spatula, I put a big dollop of frosting, about one to one and a half cups, mm-hmm. on top of the bottom layer. Okay. Then I... Place the second Keichler on top wow. and press gently to make sure it's stuck. Okay, perfect. So, um, went th- And then I took a step back just to check that it's level and centered. Right. Once the cake was frosted, yeah, I went what? back and beautified. Oh, okay. I smoothed out the frosting or created swirls or other mm. textures. Wow. And then I removed any excess frosting. Okay. I and gently pulled away strips of the parchment paper to reveal my beautifully wow. frosted cake. Wow, Gerd, again, thank you so much. That is incredibly and, good to know. Um, and that helps us oh, tremendously. Take care. With the stunning new details Gerd provided, I was several steps closer to having all I needed to stage a perfect reenactment of Clara's final moments as a non-missing woman. All that was left to do was take on Clara's physical form. Fortunately, despite a complete lack of photographic evidence that Clara had ever even existed, we had received countless descriptions of her that when combined painted a perfectly detailed one picture. Green, uh, one she blue. had those piercing blue eyes and those limp dishwater blonde eyes. Gorgeous, blonde, asymmetrical bob with these chunky lowlights. I used these descriptions and stage makeup to approximate Clara's gorgeous face on top of my own as well as I could. I purchased several boxes of Madison Reed hair coloring products and various extensions and hair pieces to recreate Clara's fabled mane. 
I rouged my cheeks and bound my feet, and after a 48-hour internal struggle, decided against gouging out my left eyeball and instead decided to replicate Clara's visual handicap by wearing a giant eye patch. Now all that was left to do was to find the perfect outfit. Unfortunately, none of the descriptions we received had mentioned what Clara was wearing. However, we had an ace up our sleeve, and her name was Psychic Debbie Dorfman. Hey there, Debbie. It's John David Booter. Hello, John. So wonderful to hear from you. Hi. Yes, I have one more question about Clara Pockets, and I think you're the only uh, one that can help Clara me. Pockets? Oh, gosh. Is she still missing? Yes, she's, she is. She's, I, of, she's nowhere I to be mean, found. Of course she still. is. I can, I can see that she is missing. I see that, and I feel Yes, that. of course, of course. Now, my question is, and no one has been able to tell me this, and I'm hoping that your gift may give us the answer. I need to know what Clara was wearing uh, on the day she went missing. Let me just tap into the spiritual plane, and I will locate Clara. There she is. Okay, perfect. I am seeing her, yes. Mm-hmm. I am seeing that she is wearing, it's a, uh, an oversized sweater dress. Oh. And with a, a hooded jumpsuit underneath. Okay. Okay. She's actually quite fashion forward, I would say. Mm. Um, and it's it's either that or an A-line cocktail skirt. Got it. Um, paired with a crop top and a, a maternity scarf. Okay. And her color palette is very on trend. Really? It's a light maple stripe. Um, alternating with kind of a burnt orchid. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and interestingly enough, she doesn't have any pockets on this outfit. Are you I'm, kidding me? I'm quite astonished, actually. Huh. And as a result of that, it looks like it looks like she's carrying several bags. Got it. Understood. Yeah. Honestly, and, you know, I don't like to judge. Oh, no, no, no. I'd say she's got too many bags. Okay. Okay. It's kind of a tragic mistake for someone with a name like Clara Pockets. I know, I know. She doesn't have a single pocket at all in this outfit. Jesus. No pockets except on her coat and her pants oh. and one of those pouch pockets in the front of her sweater dress. Oh, okay, okay. I really hope this helps, John. And oh, it helps immensely. If you locate Clara, of course I will already know. Absolutely. it helps to hear from you as well mm-hmm. so that I can... Um, clearly mark right. that in my mind as a successful find. Absolutely. You'll be the first to hear. Thank you so much, Debbie. Blessed be. I purchased the exact outfit Debbie described. For three days, I soaked it in hot water. Then, finally, I secured it to clothespins that I attached along the perimeter of the widest door frame in my mother June's house. After a few days of stretching out, the outfit was big enough to contain my enormous frame. When I slipped into those clothes and shoved Lisa's grandmother's statement earrings through my unpierced earlobes, I knew I was ready to begin my experiment. I was ready to find Clara Pockets. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Eric, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after an exotic dancer I let sleep on my couch for a month who robbed me blind. I did not see that coming, but I did see her hair, and it was really something. 
I created the Madison Reed Hair Color System for women who are going places, as long as they're not going places with my stereo. Pamper yourself with our top-secret Madison Reed Color Care System. Go to madison-reed.com and use the promo code John David Booter for 100% off of your first and last coloring kit. I don't have any more time to discuss this with you. Try it. Hello, this is John David Booter. I'm, uh, I'm currently in the parking lot of the Davistown, Pennsylvania Piggly Wiggly. I have been wired, and I have transformed myself into Clara Pockets down to the very last detail. And in just a moment, I'm going to begin my experiment. I'm going to walk from the parking lot into the store and begin retracing her steps. And I only have one shot at this, so... <clears throat> okay, here I go. <clears throat> Entering the store. Entering right now. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is Clara Pockets. It's, um, it's me, Clara. Oh, look, Mona Dean's my favorite. Oh. Mm. Clean up on Alpha. Clean up on Alpha. I just saw some woman take a bunch of cookies and throw the box on the ground. Mm-hmm. Make sure we charge her for those. I just gotta find the bakery. Okay, this is it. This appears to be the bakery. Um, I'm going to ring the bell. Um, here I go. Excuse me? Excuse me? I need a cake. I need a cake, please. I need a cake now, please. Yes, uh, yes ma'am. Yes, yes, sir. Hello. I need a cake. Okay. It's for a birthday party, I believe, um, I think. What kind of... I don't know what kind. It's, it's just a birthday party. Please, sir, this is being timed. Okay, well, uh, just give me a few minutes, sir. I don't have a few minutes, sir. Just as fast as you can. Please, this is this is being timed. It's for an experiment. Well, you you know it takes about thirty, forty minutes to bake a cake, so uh, it won't take yes, about. Yes, I know. I, I've spoken to Gert Roberts. I know. I'm aware of the process. Just Who? please, please, as fast as you can. Oh, uh, okay. That's just going to be a few minutes then. I'm bake you up that cake. <sighs> My name is Clark. What happened next may be hard to listen to. In fact, the audio is so disturbing that playing it on my podcast makes me feel like a regular Mitch Goubert. If you are sensitive to the sounds of complete emotional devastation, you may want to skip ahead. What is taking so long? Oh my god. Oh my god, it's Lisa. Oh my god, it's Lisa. I know. John? John, is that you? Holy shit. Oh my god, you guys, it's Lisa. Oh my god, it's Lisa. Um, Lisa, what are you doing here? I'm, I'm buying oats and grains. Uh, Wow, John, you look really, really big. I, uh, Is that my grandmother's brooch? Uh, hey, babe, do you find the grains? <laughs> we better head out. I'm coaching a private tennis lesson for Mayor Stevenson here in Davistown at 3 p.m., so... Yeah, Rob, I, I got your grains. Oh, what? Is everything okay? Yeah, honey, I'm fine. Oh, hello. Well, Who's this charming woman you've been talking to? It's... Oh, my God, babe. Isn't, isn't this the woman who disappeared? The... One with the flyers all over town. Ma'am, do you need our help? Are you lost? No, Rob, that's not a missing woman. It's John David Booter and my grandmother's brooch. John David Booter? It, look, anyhow, I'm, I'm glad that woman is no longer missing. She looks slightly disturbed, but at least they got her home safe and she's been well fed. Hey, it's nice to meet you, miss. My name is Robert Barkley, tennis coach. I know who you are! John, stop Don't it, call okay? me that! I'm not John. My name is Clara Pockets, and I've gone missing. John, Jesus, this is 
why it never would have worked out between us. You, you, you've got to pull yourself together. Look what you did. No, John, don't make this about me. This is not about me. This is about you. Clearly, this is about you. It was always about you. And I, oh, I just... Oh, here's that cake you ordered. It's going to be about 12 Give me that. Oh. John? Stay away from me. All of you, stay away. <laughs> My horrific encounter with Lisa and Robert Barkley had launched me into what a team of psychologists would later describe as an extreme manic episode. Cradling Clara's precious cake, I barged out of the store as fast as I could. I had been thrown the greatest curveball imaginable, but my experiment was still viable, and time was running out. I emitted a sustained shriek as my weak knees carried my incredible weight as fast as they could to the back of the parking lot, where the lavender Volkswagen bug I'd rented was parked. I climbed in, slick with sweat and tears, and put the key in the ignition. I pulled out in an emotional frenzy as my entire body violently shook. Was this what Clara had experienced? Then, just before I left the parking lot, I looked in my rearview mirror and saw it, smeared on the pavement. It was a white cake with chocolate ganache, with rainbow-colored sprinkles littered generously on what had presumably been the top. There were fresh tire tracks running through the frosting. I stopped the car. I shambled out into the parking lot in a zombie-like state, kicked off my heels, and dropped to my knees. My experiment had worked. I had run out of the Piggly Wiggly and dropped Clara's cake on the pavement, just as she had. My consciousness had completely melded with hers. I had become Clara Pockets. And I finally knew where she was. I had found Clara. She had been deep inside me all along. In fact, she'd been inside all of us this whole time. Oh my god, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Holy shit, holy shit. I was freaking out. Now you done done it, son. You done found that woman. Thanks, Sheriff. You wow. done uh, good work, son. This is overwhelming. What's next? Oh, we're going to have a press conference here in the oh, court. Can I put a mic in there? Just... Uh... Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, you can perfect, perfect. Cool, you cool, can cool. do whatever you want. You're a hero. Thanks, Sheriff. Oh, yeah, there's going to be quite a quite a crowd out there. Bigger than the vigil. The mayor. He's coming out to say something. The too. mayor. Holy shit. Hey, Mr. Peter. This is Jane from ABC News. I've been listening to your podcast. It's real good, and it sounds like there's some movement in the case. Congratulations. We'd love to have you on for an interview, and also I'd love to grab lunch, maybe dinner. Uh, we're both lonely and successful, and I'd love to give you an award and a hug and a kiss. Holy shit. Call me back. Bye. Holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Holy shit. John, I'm practicing my music at elementary school. What's going JJ, on? JJ, I found her. I found Clara Pockets. What do you mean you found Clara Pockets? Is she okay? Look, there's no time to explain. There's going to be a press conference any minute now. Just leave school, go to my mother June's house, go into her purse, take her keys, get in her semi, and take two phone books and use them to reach the pedals and drive down there right now. I'll explain everything when you get here. Don't worry. I'll tell my teachers that this case is bigger than all of us. They'll understand. I'll be right there. The courtroom in Davistown was completely packed to the walls. Every news station in the country was in that building. The anticipation was growing as I fastened my inobtrusive six-foot boom mic to the courthouse rafters and laved up every person in the room. 
We all stood, waiting anxiously for the press conference to begin. Uh, well, good afternoon. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone, for coming out. Uh, I know a lot of y'all uh, got a very real short notice uh, to be here today, um, but this is a very uh, important day for us uh, in, this, <clears throat> in this town. It's a very important day for us all. So uh, around 1.50 p.m. Uh, today, uh, the coldest case in Davistown history was closed. Uh, Clara Pockets has been found. She has been located. Uh, a few months back, a man uh, named John David Booter uh, started a podcast. He started looking for uh, Clara Pockets. And this afternoon, that man discovered Clara Pockets. She, she'd been in him all along. Matter of fact, she'd been in all of us uh, the whole time. So we want to thank Mr. Booter for solving this case. Uh, it's a real load off our shoulders. And I think uh, Mayor uh, Stevenson, let us say a few words. Hello, citizens of Davistown. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mayor Reddit Stevenson. This is my wife, Bianca, and my son, Subreddit Stevenson. As you all just heard, the coldest case in Davistown history has finally been closed. After 30 years of moderate concern and general indifference, we can finally move on. Thanks to this man, this spirited, young, go-getting, heartbroken, gap-toothed, bulbous, pulsating podcaster man right here in front of me, Mr. John David Booter. Stop clapping. Now, everybody, take a knee. Please, kneel for Mr. Booter. Take a knee, I said. Good. Mr. Booter, the city of Davistown salutes you. You are a prince. You are a hero. You personify all that is good and true. You are the heart of this town. Now, let's all take a moment to look inside ourselves and say hello to Clara Pockets. Repeat after me. Hello, Clara. It's good to see you again. Good. Very good. And now we can all forget and move on. All right. Bye. That's the end. Case closed. We're done. Bye. That's it. I couldn't believe that I had done it. After the mayor's impassioned speech, everyone in the courtroom filed out and congregated outside. I felt so many different emotions. I tried to think of the best way to describe how it felt, and I couldn't help but be reminded of the final scene in the movie Titanic, directed by James Cameron. In the very end of the film, an old woman tosses a priceless jewel off a boat, goes back to her room, and tragically commits suicide. As she lies dying on her bed, she suddenly sees herself in a grand ballroom, and all of the characters she had encountered earlier in the movie begin to emerge and applaud her. That's what this was like. I had hit so many lows in the past couple of years, and I'd been so destructive. And now, every voice from my whole robust, fulfilling eight-episode podcast was gathered outside the courtroom, cheering me on, shaking my hand, congratulating me. I love you, John. I want to be exactly like you when I grow up, except happy. <laughs> Thanks, JJ. I couldn't have done it without you. Joan David Booter. Lorraine. This was a real fun press junket. You did real good, darling. Let me tell you, this case could not have been solved without you. Thank you so much. God bless you, Joan David Booter. I hope your daddy's watching because he should know what he gave up on. What? 
What did you say? Hey, Jeff. Doyle! Doyle Pendergrass. Oh hey, I God. love you, man. You're you're my best friend, Jeff. You're my best friend, too, Doyle. Good job. Thanks, bud. Good job, Jeff. It's, a, it's John. But yeah. I, I, I forget you. it. I was over the moon. This was the beginning of a revolution. We were showing America that small-time filmmaker sleuths could make a serious impact in a cold case. Even my ex-fiancee, Lisa, was so excited, she left me this voicemail. John, hey, um, just checking in. I wanted to make sure that you're, uh, like, doing okay or whatever, because, you know, the, the Piggly Wiggly thing, it really, it really just freaked me out, and I think I just saw you on the news. I don't know, the sound was off, but just go ahead and give me a call back and uh, let me know that you're alive, I guess. By the way, in spite of the circumstances, it was really good to see you. You looked, you looked really pretty. I had captured the heart of America, and I couldn't have done it without each and every one of you my listeners, and I couldn't have done it without the citizens of Davistown, and I couldn't have done it without Blue Apron. I love to cook, but with my smash hit podcast, I simply don't have the time to shop for ingredients. That's why Blue Apron is perfect for me. Every week, I step outside my mother June's house and trip over a cumbersome package of farm fresh ingredients left on her doorstep and injure myself to varying degrees. These injuries have included a broken nose, a twisted ankle, and a wounded sense of pride. This week, I tripped over the ingredients to the couscous and ram butter with a Cabernet nut loaf and milk foam. Delicious. Go to blueapron.com slash disappeared and enter the promo code John David Booter for 100% off. Be disappointed. Over the next few weeks... The inevitable backlash of being a world-class, case-solving, multiple-award-winning, decorated detective podcast filmmaker came roaring in. It seemed everyone with a podcast was poking holes in the closed case. My dearest disappearance, Welcome to My Dearest Disappearance. Today we have answers in the case of Clara's Pockets. There's this man named John David Booter, and he found her. OMG, shut up. Where was she? She was in him all along. She was in all of us all along. What? Are you serious? That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. But despite my naysayers, I realized that even though I had found Clara and brought her back to Davistown spiritually if not physically... There were still several questions that kept nagging at me. Like, what happened to Clara Pockets? Where was she? Where'd she go? Was she okay? Was she lying dead somewhere in a watery grave? Did somebody take her? How big was the cake she'd purchased? And was there a god? Because if so, I needed to speak with him. Clara's case may have been closed, but I was going to stretch this out as far as I possibly could. Done Disappeared Season 2 will premiere at some point in 2016.
Done Disappeared is written and produced by me, John David Booter. Edited by me, John David Booter. Additional recording for this episode by me, John David Booter. Music by me, John David Booter, and our theme song was composed by Johann Johann Johannesburg and me, John David Booter. I would also like to thank a few people who contributed invaluably to Season 1 including Daniel Montgomery, Matthew Scott Montgomery, Cat Wells, Kyle Wallace, and Christina Norland. I would also like to thank the citizens of Davistown who lent their voices to this harrowing tale. They are, in order of appearance, Lauren Cantu, Andrew Ryder, Shane Coffey, Anna Rubley, 
Harrison Atkins, Ben Perry, Tom Polos, Clay Elliott, Daniel Montgomery, Matthew Scott Montgomery, Lizzie Faby, Cat Wells, Riley Rose Critchlow, Leah Dubuque, Lauren Cantu, Lauren Carey, Lindsay Garrett, Charlie Carver, Gavin White, Shoshana Bean, Troyan Belisario, Patrick J. Adams, Rob Mays, Lindsay Burge, Ashley Dance, and Clancy Brown. Thanks for listening. And please, don't disappear. <laughs>